0: Coaches, what is up? You're tuning in to keep your pads down. And this is episode number 139. So, hey, whether you're one of the coaches checking us out today in Coppers Cove, Texas, home of RG3 and Josh Lyons, by the way, or maybe you're a coach listening to us up in Tompkins Cove, New York, we got a couple listeners up there. And forgive me, I don't know anybody notable who's from there. So, uh, anyway, thank you wherever you are for giving us a listen. We're rolling right along through the summer with our last episode of the month of June. Uh, that's that's hard to believe. We're just uh, a few weeks away from coaching school here in Texas, which uh, is a big coaching convention and and really sort of the unofficial kickoff to the to the high school season down here. Uh, I'll be there, so if you're making plans to be in San Antonio next month for coaching school, then hey, hit me up on Twitter at KYPD Podcast or, or my personal account at Coach Taylor fifty three, and let's link up and talk some football. Uh, Speaking of talking football, one place where they are always talking football is over at Our Coaching Network, uh, whom we are once again partnering with for this season of the podcast. Our Coaching Network is a football coaching platform that connects coaches from all levels and helps them get better every week. Our Coaching Network has live clinics going off usually a few nights a week, and we'll have hours of high quality live coaching clinics this year with each week's clinics added to a library that could be referred to at any time in the future. So get on over there now. Create your account today. Subscriptions are super affordable. You can even sign up for a free week, and then you can cancel at any time. Start connecting with and learning from coaches all across the country today with our coaching network. Well, as I already mentioned, football season is right around the corner, so you should be thinking about how you're going to be communicating with your fans, your parents, and your community about things like final scores, rosters, schedules, starting lineups, and scholarship offers, things like that. Which means you need to check out our friends at GoEdit Graphics. GoEdit Graphics allows any coach to create custom graphics from the library of templates in a matter of minutes by changing the colors, text, and images to make it their own. They offer categories like game day, scoring, player profiles, and communication, just to name a few. Uh, The platform is easy, it's affordable, and no design skills are needed. GoEdit Graphics is a great way to showcase all your sports and athletes, and subscriptions are for 12 months and include unlimited graphics. Like I said, the process is super easy and user-friendly, and just like last season, mention keep your pads down when you're ordering and receive $25 off your showcase yearly package. Highlight your athletes with custom-made graphics in less than two minutes with Go edit Graphics. Okay, so today we have a really special episode lined up for you. We welcome on not one, but four guests who uh, share firsthand knowledge of what it takes to flip a program from one that was not used to winning on a consistent basis to one that went on to make three consecutive appearances in the state championship game and winning two of those. Uh, Today, I'm talking with four guys who play here at Pleasant Grove High School, the school where I currently coach. Now, uh, I did not coach these guys. They had all graduated by the time I got here, but I walked by their pictures hanging up in our facility every day. And I've heard countless stories about the contributions they made to this program and, and really wanted to get a chance to talk with them. So uh, our current head coach, Josh Gibson, I talked about him, referenced him a few weeks ago uh, in an earlier episode that we did when we talked about our culture here. Uh, but he got here uh, to Pleasant Grove in 2014. And in 2017, he led the Hawks to a 16-0 and season, which culminated in the school's first ever football state championship. And the guys I'm talking to today were all on that team and all played vital roles uh, in that team's success, and indirectly in the success of the teams that followed them, because of their example. Uh, so today, I'm talking with Tyler Kelly, Xavier Benson, T.J. Cole, and Cam Wells. Who, except for Tyler and everyone, and for the re- fair and not, I'm going to refer to him as T.K. Uh, they were, except for T.K., they were all seniors uh, on that team. And I got the idea for this episode uh, earlier this spring when all these guys. We uh, were home for a couple weeks, you know, right after they finished up their classes, their college classes. Uh, and they were, uh, they came by the school and, and watched one of our offseason workouts. And then after we were done, uh, Coach Gibson gave them a, uh, each a few minutes to address the team and give them some advice and challenge them a little bit. And man, I mean, I was just <laughs> so impressed with each of these guys, you know, had, had met all of them a little bit in passing, but never really sat down and talked with them uh, except for TK. So I reached out to them about coming on here. And so today, uh, we're going to talk about that 17 season, but we're also going to talk about the, the buildup to that season, how they laid the groundwork uh, in the seasons leading up to that uh, and in that offseason leading up to that first state championship and, and the things that they did specifically to help them be so successful. Uh, so before we dive into our conversation today, I do want to give you a little information on these guys, starting with TK. Uh, as I mentioned, TK played corner for Pleasant Grove where he was uh, district MVP and second team All-State selection. And currently, he is a student coach at Louisiana Tech. Uh, and he helps us some last year uh, in the offseason, uh, the 2021 offseason. Um, and, and just getting to be around him you know, and, and spending some time with him, I have no doubt that he's going to be a big-time coach someday and have just a ton of respect uh, for him. Uh, we're also talking with Zay Benson. Uh, Zay did a little bit of everything for the Hawks while he was here. He was really good wherever they put him. Uh, he lined up at wide receiver on offense. And on defense, he played defensive end, outside linebacker, and also safety for PG. And coming out of high school, he was rated as a three-star recruit and initially signed with Texas Tech, where he started as a redshirt freshman. Uh, Zay opted out of the 2020 season at Tech before transferring to Tyler Junior College last season, where he led the NJCAA in tackles and was rated the number four JUCO linebacker uh, in his class. Uh, Zay signed with Oklahoma State earlier this year, and he's getting ready to begin his first season with the Cowboys this fall. Next up is, is TJ Cole. TJ was first-team all-district and co-offensive MVP of the district his senior year as a running back for the Hawks. He was also first-team all-state and the offensive MVP of the 2017 state championship game, where he had three rushing touchdowns. Uh, he is currently getting ready to begin his final year at Watchtop Baptist, where this offseason he was named to the ASCA All-American First Team in the D2Football.com Elite 100 All-America second team. Uh, in 2021, TJ broke the Great American Conference single-season rushing record, uh, ending up with 1,530 yards on 236 carries. Uh, TJ was also named the most outstanding athlete at OBU this spring as well, so it's safe to say that TJ is pretty good at toting the rock, and I know he has other awards and accolades that I'm leaving out, but those are uh, just a few. Uh, finally, we have Cam Wells, who also played corner for the Hawks, Uh, where he was first-team All-District, first-team All-East Texas, and second-team All-State. And Cam is now uh, getting ready to start his final season at Southern Nazarene uh, University uh, over there in Oklahoma, Bethany, Oklahoma, where he plays cornerback there as well. Okay, so the best thing about these guys, and you're going to be able to to, to pick up on this early on in our conversation, is that not only uh, clearly, you know, based on what I just read you, are they outstanding football players but they are unbelievable young men with, with you know, wisdom that just de- defies their youth. To me, they are uh, just all true alpha dogs. And if you're blessed enough to have even one or two of these types of guys in your program, then you're blessed. But uh, to have all of these guys on the same team I uh, had to be a lot of fun as a coach. But as I'll talk about today, you know, it wasn't always rainbows and sunshine and the road Uh, to that 17 season where they finished 16-0 and won a state championship. That road definitely was not an easy one. So anyway, I'm going to be quiet, and we'll get to our conversation today. So here is Tyler Kelly, Xavier Benson, TJ Cole, and Cam Wells on episode number 139 of KYPD. Guys, let me start by uh, saying just how excited I am to be talking with, with each one of you. And, you know, as I was already mentioned in our intro, I didn't actually get to coaching any of you guys, so I can't take credit for any of you, but, you know, your reputations precede you. I, I, I already mentioned this, but I see your pictures hanging up in our facility every day and you know, walking in and I've heard countless stories about uh, each one of you and, and, uh, and the role that, that you played specifically in flipping this program into what it is today. Because I wasn't there for that part, you know, I got to just come in here when, uh, in right before the 2019 season, when we're kind of in the middle of this ro- of this of this ride that we're on right now, and so I really wanted to uh, just be able to talk with you guys about what it was like before and 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 what you guys did along with Coach Gibson and the coaches that were here to help turn this thing around. Uh, so what we're gonna do before we get started though is is I want, want to give you guys a chance to introduce yourselves. So, uh, TK, since since uh, you like to talk the most, I think we'll uh, we'll start with you and uh, you can tell us who you are, what year you graduated and, and where you are now.
1: All right. So uh, I'm Kyle Kelly, uh, I go by TK. Uh, I graduated in 2019. Uh, right now, I'm currently at Louisiana Tech as a uh, student coach with receivers. And my bad, too. TK, what position did you play when you were at PG? Uh, so my sophomore and junior I played corner and then my senior year,
0: uh, I played safety. All right, cool. So we got TK. Uh, All right, Cam. I'm I'm Cam Wills. Uh, I'm currently at
2: Southern Nazarene University at Corner. I play Corner. And uh, I just graduated in May, so I'm playing my my fifth year right now. And I played Corner when I was at Pleasant Grove. Perfect. Perfect. All
0: right, TJ. Uh,
3: TJ Cole, uh, class of 2018. I played uh, quarterback. Until my senior year of high school, I played running back. And currently I'm at Washington Baptist. I'm still playing football. I uh, play running back.
0: And I think to say, you know, that you play football is 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 uh you know making an understatement a little bit. You've racked up some some uh some accolades the last couple of years um there and and got to see you play in person and I won't uh, I won't brag on you because I'll I'll save that, I'll put that all in the introduction. Uh so these guys uh, know, know what you're about, but yeah, um, all of these guys are not, you know, not only great, great people, but really good football players as well. So, all right, uh, Zay, you're up next.
4: Uh, Xavier Benson. Uh, I go by Zay. Graduated 2018. <laughs> uh, I play linebacker right now at Oklahoma State, and uh, I play receiver at DN, and I play linebacker in high school.
0: And yeah. All right, perfect. So, all right, guys, here's how we're going to get this thing rolling, okay? So, I, I you know, I want to hear first. Your know, Texarkana is kind of unique in the in the sense that there are four schools in the city limits, and you know, then there's a lot of schools in the surrounding areas. So, I, you know, tell me, t- talk to me about, you know, who is first of all, just just kind of you can throw your hands up, or whatever. Like, is if, if, were any of you at PG from the time you started school till all the way through, Cam? All right, so, Cam, i asked ask this question for you first. So, Cam, what do you remember, you know, from your earliest memories, you know, as, a, as an elementary school kid and then even getting on to middle school? Like, what was, what was your perception or your, your thoughts of, of the PG program at that time as a kid growing up?
2: Uh, when I was in my youth, before I really, like, started understanding football around eight, nine, like, it was really good. It was a good experience for me. It gave me a lot of hope watching uh, that 09, like uh, ten, 2010 team with like Lucas Walker and like Melvin Gray and like Antonio Graves, all them. And then like after when they left, you know, it kind of like faded. And so like memories, like after Lucas and like Antonio Graves and Nick Reed and all of those guys uh, kind of faded. So I really, outside of that team, like, I really don't have any, you know, type of memories after that because I didn't go to as
0: many games as I did when they were playing. So, for the rest of you guys, like, you moved over to PG at some point. What was it that attracted you or, or you know, brought you over to, to, to Pleasant Grove in the first place? TK, I kind of know your story a little bit, so I'll let you start with that. And then if you other two guys want to chime in when he's done.
1: All right, so originally – uh. I started out uh at Texas High um all the way through uh I started, you know, pre-K on. And for me, football was a, a little bit different because and I'm not sure if they still I imagine they still have now. But like you had like a like a a City League and then you had like a PG like Pee-wee League. And so like I didn't really know anything outside really of, of City League. Like that's that's how I met. Cam and TJ, like, we, I was five at the time. So, like, that's how I met them, was, like, through that. So I knew I knew them beforehand, um, and I played with them uh, all the way up until, like, it was time to go to middle school. And originally, I tried to go to Pleasant Grove, like, originally out of, coming out of elementary school, but that's that's whenever the district was still closed. So we didn't stay in the district lines or whatever at the time. And so I had to go to TMS. And so when I went to TMS, that's when I met some of my other friends, uh, Chris and and, and Nugget and all them. them. Um, so for me, uh, kind of around like my freshman year. Um, so eighth grade year, uh, I started out on 18, like at the very beginning. And then like, kind of once the season started, like I wasn't playing, so they moved me down to B team. Like that was kind of the story for me. like So then when I became a freshman, kind of the same thing happened. Um, and it wasn't necessarily, I mean, I've always been a smaller dude, no matter like what age group it was. Um, and so it was kind of like, basically, I was kind of told without being told, like, you're going to be too small to, like, be on A team or, to, you know, potentially, like, be a starter on Washington for me or for us or whatever. And so that's when um, I made the switch. And like I said, I already knew Cam, TJ, Chance. Like, I already knew all of them because I grew up with them. So it wasn't like I was moving into, like, an unknown atmosphere. Like, it was, but then again, it wasn't because, I mean, those were my best friends growing up. So, like, I knew kind of, like, where I was going. And as far as, like, the culture and everything, that was different. Um, which I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later. But that was kind of the thing for me. It was just like I knew that I wanted to get like a real opportunity there. Um and so it was pretty much decided that that's where I was gonna go. So that's what that's what it was for me.
0: So for you though, when you made that move, it wasn't like pleasant groves over here, you know, winning state championships or anything, right? Like I mean, yeah. you know, so that there there wasn't where now some kids who who we get we get move ins or whatever, you know, they they you know, they've seen that. They've seen us on TV or, you know, they've seen us playing at the Star or whatever. So it's not as much of a leap of faith for them. So I think probably for you at that point, it was a little more of a you're you're stepping into kind of an unknown, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was one of the things where and I think
1: kind of we'll kind of all kind of have our own little story about it. But thing for for me was and I think kind of that was just about us as a group. We was all hungry. I knew for a fact I could play just as good as any, you know, DB over at Tech's High and, and, you know, in my in my grade level. But I wasn't as big as him. So to me, it was the hunger of just wanting to get on the field. So it was one of the things to where it was like my motivation to get on the field was bigger than, you know, me wanting to stay comfortable with my take Tech's High. Um, and I feel like when you really want something, you'll be willing to sacrifice, whether it be, you know, friends you've been friends with since sixth grade or, Whatever the case may be, to you know chase your dreams, and so for me it was, it wasn't about like you said because PG wasn't the state championship team at the time, uh, so for me it was just wanting to get on the field, just that that desire
0: to be on the field. So that's what it was for me. EJ, when did you uh, when did you come over to Pleasant Grove?
3: I came over to Pleasant Grove in fifth grade. It was it was it's a crazy experience, like, and then just. Like what TK was saying, like we all pretty much grew up together. Even though they came in the middle school, we still grew up together. Like that's how I feel, and yeah, just you know, for the rest is history. That's all I can say.
0: So again, for you, kind of like with TK, there, there's still a step of faith there that you got to take, right? Like, I mean, yeah, you have you have some friends on the team, and and then so there's some familiarity there, but. Um, you know, the PG you were walking into is a lot different than what it is now, you know, um, facilities and, and, everything, and everything, right? So for you, was there a – like, did you kind of have a chip on your shoulder as well like TK did, or, or were you just wanting to come play with your buddies and so this was a chance to kind of, to to you know, go with them? Like, what was your – I guess your mindset coming into PG?
3: Coming into PG, I really – I didn't have any goals at first, but, like, after – getting through middle school, like I rode the bench through middle school. Like that was crazy to me. Like just it was a up statement for me because I thought I was better than I really was. And so I got around a great group of guys like our class of twenty eighteen. But um just kept like the more and more we got through high school, like just having a great group of friends, like just pushing each other every day. Like we couldn't we couldn't do a single drill or competition without one of us getting on each other's head. Just about like how you could be better. And just them, they're really my motivation
0: for pushing me, for sure. Uh, well, so Zay, uh, for you, when when did you come over, and I guess what was your your mindset uh, when you made the move over here? Uh, I came
4: over in seventh grade. Uh, the reason why I came to, uh, to Pleasant Grove is because I used to get in a lot of trouble when I was a kid, like getting like DAP and all that stuff. Like I was a bad kid, whatever you want to call it. But I couldn't stay out of trouble, and so my mom, my grand, my dad's mother at the time was passing. And my dad, we was all around the Dallas area. And so my dad wanted to be around his, his mother before she passed. And so we moved to Canada. Like we just left, like left, my mom found a job at Canada, And my mom went to find a good school environment for me so I wouldn't get in trouble. Like that's how it is. And then at first me and him, me and TJ and Cameron didn't like each other. We wasn't friends. Like, <laughs> no, like we was not friends, uh, but uh, it was the fact that like, I came over and I was just in this um I was in the mindset of I'm tired of moving, I want to find a home to kick away. I want to be friends with people like I want to be cool, and I, I just the fact that we just moved over from that. And my mom just wanted a good school for me and everything else. Like they taught me a lot of social skills. They they taught me a lot of people skills and how to address with people and how to be around people that didn't even like us at all. How to just like I would I mean you can say it like that fake it till you make it but. I just saw it as more of like adapting to our environment that we was in. And they taught me all those, a lot of those skills, especially since they were like my first friends coming in to Texas Cana. And that was the last time I moved. And that's the reason why I ended up at PG.
0: And so I think that's, I think that is, and I mentioned already at the top of this question, how Texas is unique in, in the sense that there's a bunch of schools, but then it's also a spot where, People move to right, like it's in a central location between four states, and so there's a lot of lot of jobs and stuff, and so you do get people who come in for various reasons, and and so that has the potential to, you know, when you have a kid come in, to either to to shape your culture in a good way or a bad way, right? Like it can you can have a kid come in who really just dist- who's a big distraction, or you have someone come in who really uh, is kind of like the missing piece, um, and so I think that's that's a unique thing about coaching here just about being here is because um, you can get some new faces showing up. It seems like, like every year. Okay. We're going to talk now this next question um, and I'll just kind of open it up for whoever wants to answer it. Um, but we're, we're going to talk about someone next who's going to get a lot of credit and a lot of publicity in this, in this uh, conversation because he deserves it. And that's coach Gibson, coach Josh Gibson. So what did you guys initially think of him when you got here and what were some things that you remember him doing early on that kind of set the tone for what this team was gonna look like, and but what what did you, what were your initial thoughts on on Coach Gibson, and uh, some just some things that he did early on to kind of set the tone and that laid that foundation for, you know, the, the the winning culture that that you guys were a part of. TJ, I'll put you on the spot and let you take that one first. Uh, we met Coach
3: Gibson at a, like a really young age, like where Jackson and all of them, were his son, his son, his daughter, like were young. But we met Coach Gibson. He was a he a firecracker. I'm not gonna lie to you. He he had a lot of energy, brought a lot of energy every day. It was super intense. Like you could talk to him, you could just see his eyes like beating into your soul. Like it was, it was, it was really, it was really refreshing to meet someone with that type of energy to bring that every day to a work environment, but also while you're having fun. Like he knew how to, he also knew how to have fun with this. Um, me and Coach Gibson we butted heads at first because he had to break my attitude within the first year and um. I'm really, I'm really glad that he did that because it helped me for it helped me to move to where I am now. And uh, it's my little Coach Gibson story.
0: Yeah, just by a show of hands, and I'll say who's raising the hand. I'll be like who butted, or butted heads with Coach Gibson at one point while they were at PG. Yeah, I, four of the four. So, well, I'll let you guys talk about that if you want. You know, like that 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 experience and what that was like. And I think you guys could probably have a different perspective on it now than you did when you were. 16, 17 years old and going through that. So uh TK, what'd you think of, of Coach Gibson? All right, so I'll never forget. So when I first
1: came to PG uh, as a sophomore, I started on JV until we got through like two days. And then when, you know, at the end of two days y'all we had like the scrimmage. And after that, after that, it was like maybe like one of the last two days, uh Coach McCowan, who was our cornerback at the time, brought me to the varsity side and I took a rep one on one against Cam. I never get took a rep against Cam. Uh, And after that rep told the campus, I was like, I want you to be, uh, for the scrimmage tomorrow, I want you to be at the varsity scrimmage or whatever. So um, I can't remember if it was that day or when it was, but uh, growing up, like, I seen my dad, like, cry one time, and that was when my little brother decided to get baptized. So, like, and that was years ago. So uh, I'll never forget one of the first meetings on varsity, and, you know, in the classroom, I'm sitting in the back, like, on the counter, and, like, he get to talking. And like he's like started crying. I now, now I'm never, like, I was looking around like, because 'cause I'm new, so I'm like, this coach, like really up there crying like. The first my first of thought is like, just growing up, you no know, man always taught like, be tough, don't cry. So my first thought like, was, well, let's do soft. I don't know if this gonna work. Um, and over time, like as I got older, and I guess you could say like more like in tune with my emotions, like I started to understand like, crying ain't necessarily weakness, like him showing that emotion is his strength. And I think that's part of the reason why it was so easy for us to buy into what he was saying because we knew ultimately cared about us. Um, and as far as like with the button head stuff, like it wasn't say like button heads, but like it was just him trying to bring the best out of me. Like that year we won state in 17. Um, I just remember like, cuz just kind of, always kind of put me to the side. I'm like, man, like do you like, Basically, saying like you a team captain caliber guy, but you not you know doing team captain caliber things uh, as far as like being vocal and stuff like that. I've always kind of been like, uh, at least when I was playing. As I got older, I you know come out of my shell a little bit, but I was a lot more like kind of to myself, kind of sort of like just kind of just just work hard and do the right thing more so than like correct other people and things like that. And um, so he always just kind of told me like, eventually like you're going to have to like. I guess he seen it that eventually the leaders, like my leaders ever since I was there, was was these three and chances. Those are my leaders. And eventually they was gonna be gone. And so I don't know if he just seen it like I was supposed to be like the next, the next one, like a part of the next group of leaders. And I didn't see it in myself at the time. So he was just trying to, you know, push me to, you know, bring that out of me at a younger age. Um and I just didn't understand it. Like I remember I go home and I talk to my mom. I don't know why he like, I don't know why he's talking to me. Like, like i show up, I work, and like I always kind of just it was kind of just like a bare minimum thing, you know, like just show up, do your job and go home. Uh not necessarily like, you know, aim and reach for a star type of thing. So that's that was my I thought he was I thought I definitely thought he was soft at first until I got to you know got to know him.
0: Yeah, I, I think um that is something that's that's very unique about him, but like you guys are already kind of touching on, like it's his passion that comes out, right? Like he' He cares so much, um, and and uh, and wants wants his guys to to reach their full potential. Um, and it, and it's it's it's. I mean, he is when he says he's heart and soul, and, and that's not just a thing that's plastered on the wall, right? Like that's not just something that looks good on Twitter. Like that's him. And I think one thing that I've always admired about him that I uh, that I noticed early on because you know when I got here there was we had some some big time recruits was that he was not afraid to call those dudes out. In fact. He seemed to go after those guys harder than he did like the kind of average Joe kids just going through the program, right? Uh, Did you guys see that? And Cam, I'll let you answer this question. Did you guys see that? And what did that do for you when you saw him calling those guys out? And maybe you were one of those guys that was getting called out when you saw him doing that and not, you know, because a lot of times it's easy just to kind of let those guys skate by, you know, turn a blind eye to stuff, Um, but he doesn't do that. Um, so Cam, did you did you ever notice that or see that? And what did that, how did that make you feel about Coach Gibson when you saw him doing that?
2: Oh yeah, like I just thought he was a stand-up guy for real when he 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 used to do that a lot. Like, you know, somebody loafing or somebody, you know, lagging out of the locker room or like just going through the motions, he was gonna let you know about it for sure. Because I feel like, you know. For TJ and uh, Zay, they can tell you, but even, like, I remember being a junior and, like, people like, uh, you probably don't know, like, Keyshawn Jones or, like, those guys that were, like, our, some of our best guys, he would, like, go at them in a heartbeat and, like, wouldn't hesitate. And then after practice, you know, he's still telling them, you know, how much he loves them and stuff like that. So, when he did stuff like that, it, like... Made us make sure we were on top of our game because I remember my senior year, like two days, I guess we were like as a defense we weren't running to the ball or something of that nature, and like he calls out Zay, and then he calls out me, and then he calls out Chanté, and it's like dang, like why is he? What's what's wrong with him? But like as we got you know further in the season and stuff like that, we kind of figured out like oh he, you know what I'm saying? He wants us to you know, be that guy like every single day, not just when we feel like it. So, you know, for, for him to do that, that just, that just gave a, a different type of respect for him for
0: real. Yeah, I can imagine. So, and, 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 um and, and so I, I want to start now kind of moving into talking about uh the 2016 season, uh which is one that I hear a lot about and, and, and in fact, after this past season that we had, you know, we started the year one and four. We were super young. You know, we had some injuries happen and just some unfortunate things happen with our team. And I'm telling you what, that 2016 team was brought up a lot. And, and so for, for guys or for people listening who don't know, and you guys can fill in fill me in if, 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 I, if I mess something up here. But I think that was Coach Gibson's third year. And I think both years y'all had made the playoffs, right? You know, kind of started making some steps. And so now you're thinking like, okay, next step, 2016. Maybe, maybe we challenged, you know, for district and we, we win a playoff game, that sort of thing. And then you start off the year 0-4, uh, and 4, right? And then, and then win five straight. Uh, and then ultimately, I think it was the third round loss to Salina, uh, third round of the playoffs. And so what do you guys remember about that year and just talk about the what you guys did, did during the the zero and four skid that you really think helped turn that season around for you. And Zay, I'll I'll, I'll ask you first, uh, just what what you remember about that year and what it was like going zero and four and how you guys turned that thing around.
4: I'm gonna keep it up. I'm gonna keep it straight up. Uh, there, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna piggyback for like the last question you asked. The reason why me Coach Gibson got into it, it. Like the first time me and him truly got into it, it was. That year, the beginning of that year in that summer, I know they remember it. me and Cameron And we, we used to always talk about be like he was trying to be a people pleaser. Like when TK said his emotions is a strength, his emotions being trying to make everybody satisfied and not being cutthroat in certain situations also dragged us down a little bit. And that's the first time when me and him was getting to it when he was trying to he was trying to please people. Uh, and the eight uh with the ads, he's trying to please uh kids' parents, and then we got to the point where like we had the talent, like all those games that we lost, we should not have lost. And I mean, like, should not have lost. The team was not more be- better than us, the team was not more disciplined than us. It was this decision making throughout the game, and it was a decision making throughout the week of us changing up schemes. Because people don't be – I don't know if you you don't remember this because you were was you, I don't know if you were there. But we went. We tried to do an air raid offense that wasn't an air raid because we had the we had the we had the talent for like throwing the ball. We just it was just so much that was trying to change around that he didn't put his foot down enough, that made everything so difficult in in the sense of that. And it got to the point where like the on four season, well, not on four season when we started off on four. Even to be completely honest, we was talking about transferring, and. But what really brought us together was us knowing and having in that group, that group, the younger group uh, below us, like the year behind us, we looked at them and we looked at us and it was like, bro, if we don't do it this year, we can make something special the next year. And so that's what really brought us all together because we knew time would tell. And after time would tell, things, you know what I'm saying, things will come to bright in the dark. That's all I can say about that.
0: Well, and, and, and without getting too specific, I think there were some guys that, that y'all ended up, or at least one guy, maybe uh, that, you know, cutting loose that year. Like that was probably what you're alluding to. And, and, uh, and I think what people forget too is this was coach Gibson's first head coaching job, right? Like, so he's in year three of being a head coach and uh, you know, trying to figure things out like, like the rest of us. And so I guess, you know, you said, you said, uh, Zay, that it was kind of looking around at the guys below, you know, behind you and 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 it kind of helped you all sort of galvanize the team and come together for the rest of you guys. Like what what was it that sort of helped pull you through that 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 skid? Because, man, it sucks being 0 and 4, like especially when you're thinking you're going to be a whole lot better than that. And I like, kind of like what you talk about, Zay, you think that that you're better than those teams you're losing to. Like, what else, you guys, like, what what happened during that time that you think really made a big difference that even bled over into the next year, 2017?
3: I mean, what was that, 2016? That was my first year starting a quarterback for Pleasant Grove. And going on forward is, like, kind of tough, going to lie to you. Like, we had high expectations going into the season. But just, like, going on forward is, like, it's a different feeling. Like, you find out who you really are as a person and as a team. You got players that are just like, ah, oh, the season's over. I'm not worth it. Like, we should just do what we do. Just party bro, we'll do stuff like that. I'm not going to lie to you. We had teammates like that. While they were doing that, we all came together. They, like, not the main, but, like, the core that wanted to be successful together. We put in a lot of work, like, day in and day out. Like, after practice, before school, like, school started at, what, seven, 8 o'clock? We was up there at, like, 6 o'clock. Sometimes 5.30, just running around on air, catching, just doing the simplest things. So, uh, like, what you say, like, spill over into the next season. You couldn't couldn't pull up to a PG facility without seeing a group of guys, either in the indoor or on the field. Like, we're jumping the fence. That's why the fence is up in there. We're jumping the fence just to put in extra work. And um, I feel like that's what really helped us as a team.
0: And um, I guess again, and you're right, like at some point, um, you know, the players have to take it on themselves too, right? Like they got to take some ownership in it. We're going to be definitely be talking about that. Um, I, I guess though, uh, TK, when y'all are going through this, you know, it's some, sometimes guys can tune the coaching staff out, you know, or start stop losing or start losing faith. And hey, what these dudes are telling us, I don't know if I really buy it anymore. You know, and it's at, it's like that point, like you either make that decision, are we going to buy in and recommit ourselves to what these coaches are trying to get us to do, or are we going to start going off our own way? What kept y'all buying into coach Gibson and the rest of the staff and what those guys were saying um, during that, that, that skid, uh, TK?
1: So for me,
0: uh, I always believe
1: that, you know, winning carries everything, uh, you know, so we go, you know, throughout the season out. And um I think another thing that Coach Gibson always says, reap what you sow. And I didn't at the time I didn't understand what it meant. Uh and now I gotta carry it on my body. Like that is truly kind of like what kept us together. Like TJ was saying, like you couldn't you couldn't come to the football facility or come in the in the field house and not see somebody up there doing something. Um, and I think like he was kind of saying, like eventually like the players got to, you know, take, take control. And, you know, my dreams and aspirations, you know, to be a coach one day. And um I'll always be the coach that believes like it's not my scheme, it's the players. Like I can draw up, you know, the craziest, the, I can draw up the best play ever. But, you know, if I got little Johnny, little Jimmy out there running, it, it ain't gonna work. Uh, so I always think like your players, like like for us, when we game plans like right that. Like we game plan first. First thing we say is how do we get you know, X, Y, and Z the ball because he's going to make something happen. And for us, like, I can remember now, like, playing Solana, they had that freaking horn every time they scored a touchdown. And I remember it was the the last drive, and I was a sophomore, and I got a pick, and they said it was offside, so it came back. Then we got into a fourth down. They threw the ball, like, across the middle, and uh, it was incomplete. So we thought, like, oh, this this is it. Like, we're going to come back and win. And they call it a passing interference. And if you see the game on film, you see all of us just drop because we knew at that point there was nothing we could do. And kind of talking about how you were saying, like, you know, how it carried on to next season, like that moment, like we made a decision, like like when next year come around, that opportunity will happen. Like we, we won't be in that position again. Like we're going to make sure that starting after that, like it's over with. And that kind of goes into like, how they were saying, like, that's when we really, like, really started, like, in the mornings like, we throwing, like, when people not there, like, we own them, like, why aren't you here? Because we made a decision as players, like, because at the end of the day, like, coaches can't go out there and play for us. And so when I feel like when you really believe in what's being, you know, spoke and what's being preached to you, eventually it's almost like you take ownership. So, like, we felt like those losses was on us. Like, we felt like we going out there playing. So we should do everything in our power to make sure that we are the best we can possibly be. And we saw that as what we're going to put in the work. Like, it's easy to hang your hat on something, you know. Like Coach Morris always say, you know, by the time Thursday, hit, the hay is already in the barn. Basically saying the week that you put in or the work you put in before, you know, Thursday, that's what you hang your hat on. So we knew, like, if we throw in every morning from January to whenever the season starts, it ain't going to be too many people that can even stay on the field and look at us because we was going to be ready. And so for us, that's kind of what it was. just like, it's easy to, you know, have faith in in everything when when you put in the work, Uh, like I said, uh, reap what you sow. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's always talk about with with guys, you know, here. And then at previous jobs that I've had is when you see teams roll in and they got that swag about them and it's not like the fake stuff, like the, the, the the pregame stuff, it's like, they just have that presence, you know, like, and coach Gibson talks about this and, talked about a lot during the 19 season where like they show up and the game's already won like it's already been written you just got to go play you know like and that's and, and we know it and they know it you know what i'm saying like their mamas may not know it but they're about to find out here in about five minutes when we kick this ball off right because we know like we, we put in the work and to me there's no swag or confidence that's, that's greater than knowing that i outworked you you know like we did the extra stuff and I think that's that's where that genuine uh, confidence and swag comes from, right? Because everybody's confident the first quarter and then things go bad or something doesn't go your way and then what happens. But I think what I've and what i always heard about you guys and what I'm hearing you say now is at some point, you know, you have this coaching staff who's saying all these things, but at some point it's got to go now from being coach-led to player-led, right? Like now the player's got to take ownership of it and say, hey, this is our team. Like you said, TK, we're the ones going out and playing. Like We're the ones that got to go score, got to keep. So we got to take ownership in this. And I think that's like what, what you guys are talking about, what that's that started happening really during that 16 season now going into the 17, that off season of that 17 year. So you get back from Christmas uh, cam and you had that taste of what it's like, right? Like you kind of, you, you you started 0 4, then you win five in a row, and you and you make it to the third round of playoffs, and you lose to a a team that's a perennial powerhouse. And so now you're now you're back in the offseason leading up to that 17 season. What was that like, Cam? Uh, what was the energy like? What were you got? What was your approach to that that year?
2: Uh, it was more like just being making sure all the little things is all the little things are intact before we can get on and like transition into the big thing. So it's like, uh, just, I remember our first day of off season, uh, coach Gibson, he pulled me into his office and you know what I'm saying? This was before, like, I ain't tell you already, but we had buddy heads uh, during the 16th season. And like, he pulled me in his office. He's like, like Cam, like, you know what I'm saying? I know we, you know, we had our differences or whatever during the season, but he was like, I, I, you know, want to hash that out. And I need you to step up like this off season. Like, I need you to step up. And uh, I'm like, you know, thinking like, why me? Like, what is he talking about? And then, you know, he told me like what he saw in me and stuff like that. And so really, other than just leading, like it was like, he made sure like, we were doing the little things like, like, you know, cleaning up in the locker room, no piss on the toilet seat, like everything spotless. Just from the little things on up, like, and then just holding each other accountable, so it's like all those little things that you know you kind of overlook, he made sure every he made sure everything was you know solid and intact, so we were able to like transition into like they said, like throwing in the morning, like having a set schedule where we can just be consistent and like work so hard that like you said, when you come out there you know, the game is already won. So we kind of just, our off season was just real. It was like real specific, real detail
0: oriented. Like
2: we know what we had to do and we just had to go do it pretty
0: much. Yeah. You talk about um, holding guys accountable and shoot that's tough for coaches, right? Like I don't want to go out there every day and had to go get on a kid for something small, right? Like I hate, I mean, I hate it. Like I hate, I would love to just go out there and say, Hey, here's what we got today on the We're, we're running these plays. We're doing this, like, let's go, you know, and, and let's go have some fun playing football. But part of it is like, you gotta, you gotta, you know, it's like I always talk about like having a successful culture is like having a garden. Like once you plant it and get it going, like, that's good. You did the work, but it's daily, you're pulling weeds and watering and taking care of it like you can't just let it go, um, and it's it's not going to stay that way. So you got to make sure you're holding people accountable. And so I know all of you guys, you know, at some point, one point or the other, called people out or you had to you had to hold guys accountable. How did you do that, TJ? Like how did how were you able to do that in a way where like guys don't get defensive or they take it the right way, but you get your message across? Like how how well, I guess what would be your advice to to when when that you would give to people when when you need to hold someone accountable. Um, what I've
3: learned is that you gotta kind of like teaching. Like you gotta know, you gotta know your student. You gotta know your teammate. You gotta know who you're calling out. You know he's kind of fiery and standoffish. You gotta approach that a different type of way. But there's always there's always room that you could um, there's always room for everyone that that could use uh, constructive criticism and our biggest thing, like everybody on the team knew we loved each other. Like we will go like we might yell, yell yeah, all practice and might butt into it at practice. But as soon as we get into the locker room, the best friends that like, we're gonna shake it up, everything's cool. But it was just more of like a we shouldn't have to say it. We should we like we should look at you and you should know like what you messed up and like what you did wrong. Like I could look at Zay. If he messed up on a play, I don't gotta worry about telling him, Hey, Zay, get it back. Like Alright, no, his next play he's gonna make a be- he's gonna make the best play he can make. Cam, like if he if he stumbles in a if he stumbles in his technique, I ain't got ten of them. Cam, Cam knows what he what he messed up on. That's just working together for so long, like Cam was saying, from like January to so forth, you pick up tendencies that people have to where you don't have to correct them. They should already know. And I feel like that's me personally, I feel like that's the best construct of uh, constructive criticism.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean that's that's really smart being able to just I mean it's the same thing with, with coaches. Coaches gotta know like how can I approach this kid versus how can I approach this kid? Like this kid, if I yell, he's gonna shut down and go into a shell. This kid, if I yell, it's gonna get him going, right? And um one one guy that I want to bring up that that is not um on this panel tonight, but probably could be and or could be and, and probably should be was was the quarterback of that 17 season, 17, 18, and 19, that's Ben Harmon you know, he was a young guy uh, for you during that 17 year that he was, he was a sophomore, but ended up being, you know, obviously a really pivotal point apart in, in the 17 season. And then the next two years as well, how did you guys, you know, pour into him and like help him see the way as well? Because I know when he talks, like he talks about every one of you guys being so influential on him. So like, how did you pour into him and these other young guys and get them to buy into to what you're doing as well? And, Say I'll let you answer that one. Like, what what did you guys do? Because you know, a lot of times, a lot of programs, it's like the older guys versus the younger guys, right? Like you punk the younger guys, you know that that sort of thing. But but I've never seen that since I've been here at PG. So, what did you guys do to bring guys like Ben along and help them become and develop into uh, into leaders as well?
4: Uh, we, for me personally, when it came to Ben, uh, I saw his like I saw how talented he was. But I also saw how much worked and nothing about us. Like we work really hard, even currently to this day, like it, it's, it's only a few amount of people in this world that are really at work. especially our age group, like, you got to be a different individual, especially in the headspace. But I saw how young he was working. And I thought back to how young we were working. And then another thing that stood out to me with Ben was like, he's a dog. Like he going to compete. Like it doesn't matter who he's standing up against. Like, I, I could be in Ben's face. Ben's not going to back down. Like, I, and this fact that, like, I was like, okay, I respect that. Like, that's another thing that I look at pretty personally for people. Like, you can't hang around me. You can't be around me if you can't be tough. Like, this is how I rock. Especially, like, if I can't get on you, like what TJ was talking about Cameron, and all those guys that came at me rough. And it's the fact that I look at them in the eyes and be like, yeah, you're right. Like, if you're right, you're right. I'm not going to take it wrong. And when I looked at Ben and I I used to be, I used to try to be really rough on tough on Ben for the simple fact I knew how good he could be. And look how, look what happened. You know what I'm saying? And I remember, I just remember so many things with Ben just proving me that he really wants this. Like he's a, he's a true competitor. That's what Ben is. And I love Ben today.
0: Yeah. um, So now let's, and you're right. He is, he's, he's in, you know, just being able to be around him that one year and now he's, he's, he's back here in the summer kind of helping us, uh, uh, helping us coach and just seeing the way that he is even now, um, is, is it's, it really is amazing. He, he is, I, I think benefited greatly from being around guys like you to kind of help show them the way. And then he did that. He turned around and did that for guys, the guys coming behind him. And he's doing that right now, even with our guys currently. Um, so let's get into that 2017 season. You guys rolled a, you know, 16 and Oh, you know, and and really it was just an an unbelievable year. I wasn't with you like I talked about at the, at the opener, but I, I just remember because I knew both of the Gibsons, we all grew up uh, in the same town, so I knew they were at PG. And even even from across the state, I'm seeing what you guys are doing and seeing, you know, just the momentum you guys are rolling with. And then you finally get to AT&T, and you're playing a West Orange start. And I think y'all may know, what was their win streak? They had like a – was what was the win streak? What was it, TJ? Forty game win streak, yeah. But go back to that moment and and what the buildup to that week was like, and then what that game was like. Zay, I know we'll start with you since you just you just talked. You had a pretty significant contribution uh, in that game. So talk about what the buildup was for that game, and then what it was like playing in that game.
4: Uh, how I actually felt for the game. I don't let's see. I thought, I thought we already won. <laughs> to be completely honest, like. I wasn't really too worried like, at all. Like The hardest game we had during that 16, uh, that 16 game stretch was Tatum, and nobody <laughs> remembers that game. That was the closest game we had. What was it, 21-14? Something like that, it was something like that. It was, it was a close game, it was the closest game we had. But the reason why I was, I saw how we were acting. I, we went to Dallas, we was just being professional on the bus. We was being professional with people. We went to restaurants. We're cleaned up at the restaurants. Like, nobody's on their high horse. Like, everybody's in this grateful, this, this thankful, like, nature. Like, everybody from the people that don't play, the people that just cheered, from the people that are the main contributor and starters. Like, it, I just saw so many people just invested in one little thing. So, I was – when I walked into that game and we sat down and it up, and we looked around, we was just like, I was like, yeah, we got this already. Like, it's, I, I'm not worried. It's the fact that we just got to go out here and just win this game. But uh, it's the fact that, like, for me personally, I would say, like, I think that you play your best football or you do your best thing when you have the most gratitude for it. And when I saw the gratitude of everybody on that bus, not treating each other, and I was just like, yeah, we got this. I wasn't really worried.
0: Zay, louder for the people in the back, because you said a word that I think is super underrated when it comes to talking about what makes a championship team, and that's gratitude. Uh, and I think where you guys, where you guys came from, this is the same group of guys who, we go back to the beginning of this. Every one of you came here. You arrived at PG with with different backgrounds, different things going on. But at some level, all of you had a chip on your shoulder, right? And all of you came here to prove something. And you're right on the brink of doing that, right? And so, it's like we're since we're on the we're on the brink of doing something special that no one up to that point had done before. We're not gonna leave any stone unturned. And we're gonna enjoy the ride and be thankful for this opportunity because it's not just given, right? Like VG had been playing football for a long time and had never been at that moment. And here you guys were. And so I think gratitude is something everybody struggles with. It's a difficult thing to try to instill into people. Um, and, and so that's I think that's a huge. Huge point and a really important point to make. Now, now, Zay, before I turn it over to these other guys, is it true that you called your own pick six uh, b- before that game and that you, you – then you, in fact, went on and, and did it?
4: Yeah, I do that often. <laughs> I call something that just happens. I do that quite often. I remember we were on a bench. <laughs> I'm looking at T.J. Cam. T.K., I said call – I literally was like, I'm about to get a pick. <laughs> I just feel it. Like, I was – I'm about to get a pick. And the thing that I did, the crazy thing about it was that play, I wasn't supposed to do that at all. Like, I wasn't, I was in a nine, I was in a wide nine, come off the edge. I was in the wide, I was like, you know what? I, he was a left handed quarter. I was like, I see sprint out. (laughs) I'm not going to drop. And I I was just like, I I called it. It was crazy.
0: Yeah. Hey, look, that's one of those no, 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 yes, yes, yes type plays, or, you know, where coaches say, hey, look, you got to be a football player, you know? like at some point you can't be a robot, you got to be a football player. all right you other guys uh, y'all can y'all can chime in what what do you remember about maybe the, the build up to that game because Zay, you might have been super confident but I'm, I would imagine that most people outside of the locker room didn't give you guys much of a chance to win that game. I mean again TJ was was telling me a 40 40 game win streak those guys had won state before they'd been there before like this this wasn't new to them. So for the rest of you guys, what was that the build up to that and that game like?
2: For me, like, during the week uh, leading up to the game, I was kind of just – not only me, but, like, me and TK, we, we play the same position. Like, he on the other side of me. And, like, we so locked in. Like, it's crazy. Like, everything we do from, like, just shuffling or we breaking 45 or we breaking 90, like, everything was just, like, to a T. Like, we was just – really locked in because that's what, you know, Coach Gibson was instilling in us and, like, Coach Easterly, they was like, you know what I'm saying? It's, we're going to keep doing what we've been doing, but there's got to be a different type of focus, like, because in games, like, you know, this is our last game of our high school career, like, that's what we were looking at. it Like, so we was just kind of focused. Like, nobody was, was really nervous. I don't remember anybody being really nervous, and if they were, they didn't really show it. So I'm like, then going into the game uh, you know it was it was I I'm speaking for myself I was a little jittery just because I ain't never played in no stadium that big or nothing like that like I couldn't even like hear my own self think I couldn't hear no like I couldn't hear like I can usually I'm playing right beside Zay I couldn't even hear him say nothing like it's so loud in there but other than that like after making a couple plays and like being out there driving like getting a stop like Zay we was in a, a I still remember third down like we was in this Raider package, and they put like Zay at safety, and it was like third. It was like third and medium. They tried to run like a quarterback draw. He came, stuffed the dude, and they punted. And then after that, I kind of was chill. I was like, "Oh yeah, we got it." So that's
0: how it was for me. Like after a couple plays or like drive or two. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, T.K., what'd you what'd you think? I'm sure you weren't nervous at all leading up to that.
1: Yeah, I, I, so one of the things that me and my dad always did was before every game we played, like, me and my dad were like, he would always come to my room, like, I'll be in the middle of playing the game, and it'll usually be a Sunday. He'd be like, you already know what time it is, So that was time for me to pull up huddle, and we would watch whatever team we was going to play. Like We would watch the game that they played that previous Friday. And we turned them on and just, I don't know, like, like I said, like, we had worked so hard that season, and then, like, when we seen them on film, it was like, got them dudes and like it was and I always get nervous like I don't even play man. I'm just I'm just a student ghost and I still get nervous for the game like I always, I always have that that those those nerves those you know those emotions when it comes towards to us a game or whatever and I remember I was kind of fine until we got in the tunnel and we ran out and I remember looking to my left and I hadn't seen that many people at a football game before and so when I saw all those people and like Cam was saying, like, you couldn't really hear yourself think. That's when I got nervous. And I don't oh, know. Like, it's a big moment for me. Like, I had never been in a moment that big before. Like, maybe the only time I was more nervous was my sophomore year. The very first game of the season was Paris. Like, I started. And I thought, like, I thought, I had so many, like, thoughts going through my mind. And I was just, I was so, so nervous. Ended up cramping. I couldn't come back and play anyways, But uh no, like when we when we ran out that tunnel and I saw those people, I was really nervous. Um, but like Cam said I think it's kinda of, for me, it's just it's kinda of like that for you know majority of people. Like like I felt confident that we was gonna win the game, but selfishly, I was nervous if I was ready for that moment, if that made sense. Like I had confidence in them. Like it's never a time when we play, I never have to worry about like, Cam, TJ, Chauncey, Zay, like, Nick. I never worry about anything because I knew they was gonna be ready. And it was more so for me, like battling Really, I was really on a one-on-one with myself, mentally, it was like, am I ready, am I prepared for this moment? And speaking of that Raider pack we had, where Zay was at safety, there was one time they ran a slant and I pretty much don't lie, like, he kind of broke me off. And and Zay was there and luckily broke out the pass and like, stuff like that to where it was like, we had spent so much time together. And like, I'm sure, you know, you gotta tell like, if there's, if there's a corner, and you know, you got to you know, let's say you got a whole player at linebacker, like you're gonna tear the corner, like you got inside help, like use him. And this was one situation where like Zay was inside, and like looking back, it was one of the moments where I realized like I trusted Zay more than I knew I trusted Zay. Like in my mind, I was thinking like, don't get beat regardless. But like in all reality, Zay was inside for that slant or for whatever glance post, whatever it was, like that's why Zay was there. And so it was like almost like my body just let him get there. Because I knew Zay was, that's how much time we spent together like on the field and working like that. So for me, I was a little bit nervous, kind of like, you know, once we kicked the ball off, we got to going, like, it was like, oh, like, this is no different than any other football game. Like, we're here for a reason. So let's, let's take advantage of the moment.
0: Zay, how many times did you have to bail TK out that season? I'm just kidding. You don't have to answer that. You don't have to answer that. I'm going to answer it. He got me a (laughs) P.I. He
4: got me a (laughs) P.I. Hey, you
2: took his pick too, bro.
4: Against Pittsburgh. Let's talk about yeah. that. Hey, say that. Say that, please. Yeah. I can help it, bro. It's in my
0: face. I can help it. <laughs> TJ, talk about uh, that that build up or that week for you and what that game was like for you. It was more of like a dream
3: to me. Like, I wasn't really nervous. Like, it's always been a dream of me to just, like, play a bunch of, a bunch of, like, in front of people. Like, just a crowd full of people just roaring. like, that's always been a dream of mine. So I was never really nervous. I was more just, like, all right, let's it's time to shine. And I remember Coach Justin coming up to me and Zay during pregame. We we're over there doing like a little ball drill or something. Coach Justin, you know how Coach Justin is. He's like, Hey, y'all nervous? I'm nervous. Like, Coach, what? We're not nervous at all. Like, we're we ready. Like, we don't put in so much time. Like, we nobody on the team should be nervous. We don't put in that much time
4: and effort and work. I was, I, I can I say something real quick today. <laughs> yeah, because like, we're we, doing linebacker drills. It's the funniest thing. Cause we were coach early. You see, coach Justin. You know somebody like nervous, like you can see him just come up to you. He looked at me, TJ. Was like, you good? <laughs> yeah. But he was nervous. But
0: I'm... we uh we haven't even talked about Coach Justin yet, and that could maybe be a whole another podcast episode. But yeah, he likes to try to play it cool, but but um yeah, I I, I know what he looks like. You know, I've seen him nervous and. And uh, I'm sure that was pretty funny uh, watching that dude get worked up. So, all right. So you go on and you guys, you you win that. And that was a, I I think for a lot of people, again, not for you guys, but for a lot of people outside of your locker. And that was a big surprise, right? Three of you guys, you you, you graduate, like that's it. And then TK, you stayed on, you had one more year and you guys went back to state. And that was, you know, another surprise because a lot of people thought, you know, once, once that that group of seniors left, that you guys would take a step back, and then you go all the way back to state. We're winning that game, and then a guy named Jordan Whittington decided to go off, and and so you guys came up short on that one, and then you know we talked about what happened in '19, but I, so so I want to uh, I want to talk now just about, you know, you guys are a couple years removed from that now, and you've got some time to think about it and reflect on it. If and, and 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 I talked about this in our intro today, like really the the I guess the inspiration for this conversation came from when when some of you guys came and talked to our team after a spring workout uh, earlier this spring, I was like, man, that's some really good stuff. I want to talk to those guys more about that. So if you could talk uh, just to future Hawk football players, current Hawk football players. What, what would be some things that you would tell them that you think are be really, really important if they want to experience the same type of success that you guys were able to experience? So what would be some things that you would tell them? Cam, I'll start with, with, with you. Really, I would just say, just listen to your coaches. And, like, you got
2: to be willing to, basically what Coach Gibson says every day, like, read what you sow. Like, if you want to go win state, you got to be, you know, doing the stuff that really y'all about to go do now. Like just working on seven on seven and making that translate into the season, like going and competing and just putting in the extra hours that nobody's willing to do. Like, you have to do that. You have to hold each other accountable. Like, you have to lead. Like, uh, because I remember Coach Gibson telling us, like, he can only say and do so much. Like, it's going to come to a point where it's like, it's going to, It's gonna feel like he's just repeating himself, like repeating himself. Like, guys are gonna have to be willing to just lead, like on the field, like in the classroom, like whether you know they want to do it or not. It's gonna have to get done. Like, you're gonna have to just lead. And I feel like I say that a bunch, but I really mean that because it's like I like we experienced it, like. Once we started like leading the team and stuff like that, things began to change. Like everybody's gonna, okay, like I'ma listen to him. Like you know what I'm saying. So really, just just listening to your coaches, and then you know taking accountability within each other, and like doing what you got to do so that you can lead. Like nobody's gonna listen to you if you coming in late every day, or you know what I'm saying you, um, you know loafing in practice. Nobody's gonna listen to you. So you gotta lead by example. And once you lead by example, you got to get that other person or your teammate and take them with you. So I guess that that's the advice I, I would give uh to those current players or, or former players.
0: ITK, right, what you got?
1: Uh so for me, uh I'm a student. So I don't know who said, but I saw it on Twitter literally earlier today. And it says I'm like if you want extreme results, you gotta give extreme effort. And the way I took that is you know, to me, it's another way of saying, you know, kind of like reap what you sow. You know, me, uh, if I was, you know, want to give some words, you know, to some, you know, future Hawks or whatever, uh, or even current Hawks, um, is I think, and something that Coach Fincher taught, you know, taught us, because uh, actually a lot of times, like, like, we were so close-knit that, like, I remember Coach Moore, like, coming in, like, after practice and telling us, like, y'all, like, y'all got to go home. 'Cause after like after practice, like we would just sit and just talk. Like, and sometimes like we wouldn't even talk about football, but like that's how much time we spent together. Like, and it wasn't and the thing is, like, a lot of times like you see um just around just in this in the sport of football in general is just life. People trying to fake stuff. And like we genuinely like wanted to be together. We genuinely wanted to work out, like we genuinely wanted to do that stuff. So like it was almost like every day, like, Coach Morris was like, like, y'all need to turn y'all stuff in and go home, like, because I want to go home. Um, and so it's just one of them things where it's like, man, like, if y'all really want it, like, y'all got to be willing to sacrifice, like, what it takes, like, to get there. Like, you don't just get there, like, overnight. Like, like Cam was saying, like, the journey, like, honestly, the journey started whenever y'all lost the last game in the playoff, like, that's when the journey starts, right? Like, a lot of people think they want to wait until August to start. And yeah, that's fine. That's cool. But, you know, if you want to be in that elite company, like, there's not a lot of people that can say they went 16 and 0 and won a state championship. And we worked for that after that Solana game. Like, it got to a point where, like, Coach was literally telling us, like, y'all are throwing too much. And we kept throwing. Like, it was just like we took ownership of what was going on because for them, like, it was their last ride. And I want to do it for them. Like, kind of like what I was telling the kids, like, I didn't want to mess up and I wanted to work hard because I didn't want to let nobody down. Those other 10 guys that on to feel with me, like I didn't want to let them down because of stuff that I did. And so it was one of the things like Coach Gibson kind of like, he set a standard and I, in my opinion, we reached it and we took it further. And so it was like, now that bar is set. And for us, and I know I can speak for them for you, it was a guy, I don't know, I know he was at Frisco, his name's Carlos. That's all I know about him. But We got sick and tired of hearing about Carlos. And now I know them kids probably sick and tired of hearing about us. And now we the Carlos. Um, but it's just one of the things where it's like, it's going to take a group of guys that just, it's kind of like just stand up and like, look, man, like, this is it. like This is what it's going to be. You're either going to jump on board or you're not going to jump on board. But those of us that jump on board, like we're going to reap the benefits of it. So just enjoy it. Like, I don't really like miss high school like that. I'm in college, so I think college is better. But one thing, like, I always say, like, I wish I could just get one more moment and not even to play with you, but to get on the bus after a game and ride home, because like moments like that, we had so much fun together. we like really cherish each other, and like I was saying kind of in the beginning, like Cofenta told us one thing one time the locker room, he was like high school would be the last time like sports is pure, and I didn't really understand what he meant, like he broke it down like saying, like you know, on a Friday night, you know kind of the town shuts down, and everybody's at that one spot, you know everybody's pulling for each other, you know for the city, for each other and looking back on that, like, that's really true. Like, I don't mean to sound like an old head, but like, enjoy the moment while you got it. Cause Like I said, I don't I don't want to come back to high school, but like, I do wish like, because now TJ is in Arkansas, Zay in Oklahoma. I'm in Louisiana. Like, everybody's so far, like, dispersed, and now Cam and, and Zay are a little bit closer, but like, we're all so far dispersed, and we aren't together, like, like, it used to be like, I wish I could just have one more moment with, like, just so we can just enjoy that again. So like enjoy high school, like enjoy your brothers because eventually, like y'all are gonna go y'all separate ways. And like you're gonna be on somebody's podcast talking about how you wish you could get one more moment again. So just enjoy, man. Have fun and, and work hard because it'll it'll pay off. So that's what
0: I got. Great stuff. Uh TJ, what you got?
3: Uh, I got I got two things. Let am keep it short. Uh first thing is, man be a sponge, like suck up everything you can, like about the game, about your friends, like soak up everything that could better you at that point in time in your life, that can help you reach farther goals than you ever thought it was. Cause like I'm not gonna lie to you, like I was a sponge around these, these guys right here. Like Zay taught me how to, Zay taught me how to watch film and be a student of the game, a true student. TK taught me how to, TK just taught me Hard work and like dedication like to be really dedicated towards something. Cam taught me how to really just have humility and being comfortable with being uncomfortable That's the most I can take from these guys like I love them to death, and then the second thing is don't look at football like football activities I'd say don't look at it look at it as a oh i gotta go I gotta go to practice today I gotta go work out. Now nah, you get to. God gave you the ability to get to do this. A lot of people, there's a lot of people in the world. What like got like. Nine billion, something like that. It's crazy number, but I don't know. But um, a lot of people can't play football or like be a part of something that we've created, a culture at Pleasant Grove. So just be be grateful, for sure.
0: Okay, Zay.
4: So the question is, what can I, uh, What some words I have for the people, like, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, if you could talk directly to current hawk football players and maybe future hawk football players, like maybe kids who are coming through middle school, like what would be some things you would tell them about? You know, if they want to experience the same type of success that you guys did, what what do they need to do? Uh,
4: what I would say, especially like the future and current, is take risk because and just learn from learn how to learn how to make mess up but adapt to that. I always say this, like they know me. Like I have a few models, but one of my favorite models is withstand, survive, adapt and conquer. Withstand to your environment, you know what I'm saying? Evolve, uh withstand you survive it and then you uh you adapt and conquer your mistakes. That goes from all aspects of life for me. And especially when it comes to comes with to fulfilling what you want to as a purpose. Like I would I would want the t- I would want the kids to know to Follow what's what they want to follow, and if you do follow certain things and you're and involved and invested with something, give that everything you got because you can learn and acquire that skill to another skill in your life like it's all connected from like I I see it' it's all connected uh, you, you can't just be good at one thing and not have it correlating in some type of way to another and all I have to say all I would like to like let them know is is that always what Kim, Cam you know saying with TK got tired of them read what you sold? Like it's it's so simple to the point that it can go over somebody's head. And I just want I just I just want them to know that like, yo, you really in charge and you're really you really are the main thing that changes your destiny and what happens in your future life. And it's all up to you. And especially yeah, it might get tough and bumpy, but as long as you keep fighting, you can keep moving moving forward. Like I said, when I was up there at PG, as long as you keep moving forward and just never stop, even at the worst and lowest moments, you will always prosper in the things that that come against you, no matter what.
0: Absolutely. Well, um, man, guys, we could keep this thing rolling. I know for another hour and uh, uh, keep talking, but I think we're getting close to TK's bedtime, so we're going to. Uh, before we before we close this thing out though, I do want want to to have some fun and and maybe maybe chur, you know you know chum up the waters a little bit and, and get you guys debating a little bit. So everybody can turn their mutes off and we'll just this is just like, hey, whoever wants to answer can answer this question. But here's the first question. This is gonna get it kind of going right off the bat. If if there's you know a Mount Rushmore PG Hawk football players, you can't say yourself who's who's on that, who's on Mount Rushmore? Uh, PG. I Hawk do it in Waka my like players. in my on my teams like my four teams that I've seen. Sure, sure. You can go your four teams. Yeah. Who's on there? I. It, it, but it. But it can be. It could be. You know, like Cam talks about that. O nine ten team. You know, you got Walker. You got Antonio Graves. Yeah. I need. I need four. All right, TK. I, I. I've heard you have this same. I feel like this same debate, like hours and hours on end with with Burris. You know, and and, and so what you got? You got. You got to bring something strong here.
1: Oh. Just to make sure I'm correct. You only got four.
0: Four, yeah, it's only four heads on out with
1: rushmore, right? Yeah. Yeah. Four and four? All right. So my Mount Rushmore for me, man. Man, it's tough. Um. Okay, are we talking about
0: we TK, talking about Don't like, be afraid to hurt somebody's feelings. Oh
1: no, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I just like, if I'ma say something, like I wanna stand so like, okay. are we talking about, like, athletic-wise? we talking about, like, impact-wise? Like, just it's whatever Overall, overall, no, overall. overall, Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, number one, got to go Cam, Cam Wells. Got to do that. Um, hey, turn me up, man. Cam Wells that's is going to be Coach Gibson's favorite I, until we all did. Uh, next, I'm going to go Ben Harmon Mr. PG himself. That's I'm no matter stupid. what anybody else does. Past, past this, nobody will be Ben Harmon. I don't care. True. Ben Harmon can make a shirt right now. And every kid in PG. <laughs> uh, next, ah man. Next, I'm gonna go Zay. I'm gonna go Zay. Zay, Zay, Zay is a freaking nature. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that Zay did, I just didn't think were actually possible. Um just to just the impact he made on all of us, uh just coming through was, was just absolutely impressive. Um, Appreciate it.
4: Appreciate it.
1: And then the last spot. I got a few. I want to throw TJ in there. I want to throw Chauncey in there. Like
0: TJ makes it. But sense.
1: actually, no, no, no. This is not. This gonna be my pick. This gonna be my pick. The last spot I'ma give, and this is strictly because the effort I seen. Like, I seen him give. Cause like our teams, like we were loaded. Like across the board. Like we were loaded. Like TJ's single game performance in the state game was like crazy. Like three touchdowns. Right. Like it was amazing. But the single like the single effort I saw Nicholas Martin give that last game. Um y'all playing in the Royce City.
0: Yes, against, uh, against, yeah, yeah. Against Caddo Mills. He he yes, came off yes, the field. Yes, yes. He came out the field two plays. Yes. He's going and because we had everybody, everybody got hurt. And yes. he's he's toting the rock, coming right. off, not even coming off, going to get a shot, going back out to to outside back. Exactly. Yeah. Like, watching him, like, it literally looked
1: like I, I was in the stands worried that he was going to fall out, like, just from pure exhaustion. Like, he gave everything he had. Like, growing up, like, I remember, I, I don't know if, if Cam and TJ remember, but growing up, like, Nick wasn't, like, who, like, y'all see Nick Martin, you know, number 46 or number four now, Oklahoma State, Jack, Muscles and everything. Like, Nick used to get bullied. Like, I remember, like, we would go, we would leave church. One time we went to Chauncey, and they went to and Nick out. And we was playing football outside the yard, and like somebody tapped with Nick, and like threw him in the rose bush with thorns and everything. Like Nick was not who he is now, and so like seeing the growth that he made from, you know, watching him, you know, from a like, kid kid to like putting the team on his back. Like it ain't even another no way to say it. like he put the team on his back, like something like that. And that's just because I never like, and I don't want to put somebody like that on there because to me or to the kids, like we gonna be the Carlos, but like. Nick is somebody that a lot of them guys play with. So it's yeah. somebody like even Ben, like a lot of some of them didn't play with Ben. So like it's like Ben is just this, you know, almost like this this figure that like I can't see, like I can't touch. Like I can just hear about what he did. But like a lot of them kids, like they saw Nick every single day. So it's no, it's it's something that they can understand more. So for me, that's who I would I would go Nick and then I would do TJ Chauncey next after that.
0: So so you're saying uh... Oklahoma State has two of the members hey. of the PG Mount Rushmore in the same position room. Hey, Coach Gundy, a lucky guy. all i So that sounds like Big 12 Championship next year, right, Zay? We are right hey, here first. That's, that's what it sounds like. All I got to say
4: is I'm going to get my money.
3: <laughs> 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 okay.
0: Uh, and another thing, too, so – and you didn't add – you didn't add uh, and all those things that Nick could do. You didn't say rap, too. You know, he's got an album out.
1: Yeah, uh, no, nah, hey, boy. hey, back, hey, now I'm gonna give y'all a little snippet. We used to back to the. Got a little something get coming too, so just, hey, just be ready. That's all I'm saying. Be ready. Got a little something new. You
0: know, it's cooking on the stove right now, so just be ready. Hey, I, I like it. I, I did. Yeah. I, I I like it. It's 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 been on the ox at practice more than hey. more than once. So, got I, many talents. Okay, you guys have all. Uh, you, you're not in Texas, Canada right now. You you moved on. Oh, uh,
4: TJ, I want to hear TJ's not Rushmore. Oh, <laughs>
0: my bad, my bad, TJ. TJ, he said he's just he put himself on there four times is what he said. Now, I go ahead, ain't, TJ. I
4: ain't
3: gonna lie to you. I don't If you ask me, I play with the best players that's ever came to Pleasant Grove, if you ask me. But I'm gonna, it I'm gonna keep it a B right I'm gonna keep it a right here. Hold on. I got Zay. <laughs> hey, Zay, 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 Zay the freakiest athlete I have ever played with. X, like, X. I didn't seen him making an Odell catch a linebacker. I'm talking about yes. the Odell at New York Giants before Odell. Like, he made that catch i up in sophomore year film, and you will see him doing it. I got TK, lockdown down corner. Cam, lockdown down corner. All right, it's my cousin. Only I'm only saying it to you. I ain't never going to tell him this in person. He was a better running back. gonna get that. get it. We had a five? If We had a five right here, if I had a five, I'm going to go with Nick Gabriel. I done seen this man play every snap in a game from offense and defense, and he was 300 Pounds, if I'm not mistaken, and didn't come out for a breather at all. That's my top four to five. Not you know,
0: you, you talk about Nick Garrow. His name got brought up this week. Um, with uh, actually, I think Ben said something, uh, or maybe it was his brother Aaron. Uh, after the kids, we, we had you know gone through strength conditioning, and he he referenced him and said, "Hey, if he was out there running, he would have been the first him." And he mentioned a couple other guys. They would have been the first one in that in that running. Uh, you know, even though he was 300 pounds, like you talked about, and and uh, you know he never came off the field, and so those are some solid, uh, solid Mount Rushmores. Uh, Count
4: minds. Oh
0: my god! <laughs> I, it's gonna be quick. All right, right. Minds gonna be the ones
4: I've seen. It's not gonna be y'all. I, I know y'all hard. Like, what are we gonna? I'm gonna make this realistic. The top people I've seen like like athletes, like talents, like at Pleasant Grove. At Pleasant Grove, <laughs> the no, top not like, in the
3: world. Bro.
4: No, not in the world. The top. Pleasant Grove athletes that I've seen do some freaky stuff—that's except for my grade. I would have to say, Antonio, Rashawn Williams. Oh, I forgot about Rashawn. That's what I'm saying, Rashawn Williams, Jawan, Keyshawn's brother, cousin. and Ben, uh, uh, Keyshawn's cousin, and Ben Harmon. I've seen, I've seen those guys like, like I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> I don't wanna explain. You gotta watch film for like that, but that's my that's my that's my like now my grade. Hey, did I get your top four? Oh, mines? Nah, you
2: ain't go. Uh, I need your top four, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. It, I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. I'm not picking nobody on this, and nobody in my grade because y'all I already do it. <laughs> y'all already. I'm I'm y'all. There's this exception. I'm not saying say. I'm not saying nobody in my grade because. I'm gonna I'm be biased. Like, I'm gonna put y'all. Trauma. Y'all understand it. He I'm gonna make the exception. And I put nobody in our, in our grade. So I would go Antonio. I would put Lucas Walker in there. And then I put Ben in there. And then for my fourth one, it it had to be TK. Just because, you know what I'm saying? He, he His numbers
0: speak for itself with the picks and stuff. So that's my fourth. Take it or leave it. I like it. I like it. Solid. Okay, this one, let's move through this a little faster because the one that we're going to close out with is going to be good. So uh, you guys are all out of Texarkana now, uh, but your favorite spot uh, to go and grub in Texarkana was what? Chili's. No, right? Chili's? We should get out out of school early. Like Cam
1: said, take it or leave it,
0: dog. Take it or leave it. My man said... My man said Chili's. Uh, you can literally get a Chili's at anywhere in the world, TK. They probably got one um, a mile from where you're sitting right now in you Ruston. You are correct. You okay. are
1: correct. I, I don't know, <laughs> that's just where, like, if my mom asked me, like, if I'm in town, my mom asked me, like, where you want to go eat?
2: Like, if I can't go get some of my own ribs, then I'm going to Chili's. We, me, TJ, and the Harmons used to always, and Zay, we used to go to, like, that burger place downtown.
4: What was it called? TLC. Oh yeah,
0: TLC.
4: Yeah, yeah.
3: But uh, I, I like going to Camera House.
0: That's what I was doing to say. camera live. house.
3: That's hey, right. <laughs> like, we like, fa- hey, we family. We all family. Hey, but
4: we
0: He's hey we throw
3: down, we throw down, you feel oh, me? Food was
0: crazy. What's, what's what's what what was at Cameron's house? Is everything. Hey, everything.
3: Like hey Cam, I gotta give your mama flowers. Hey, the honey bun cake that she make on Thanksgiving. Top tier best cake bro, you'll ever oh try god. in your life, bro. Bro, y'all remember after practice Cam, we got TJ in the pantry
1: eating cheese balls.
4: Yeah,
1: <laughs> oh my god,
4: man. that was so <laughs> funny! Yeah, that just was kind of cool. feed me. I'm good. Just
1: <laughs> some advice for anybody listening to the podcast never let Zay Benson come to your house because he gonna eat everything in sight. I'm just giving you a heads up now. I'm
3: talking so, about if you got a salty, if you got sardines and crackers, He
0: gonna eat them, mashing everything.
3: Gonna He's gonna
0: throw some hot sauce on the thing. He's gonna eat <laughs> it. <him. laughs> all right. Hey, here's how. So, here's how we're gonna close this thing out. Okay. We talked about Coach Gibson. Uh, Zay already made fun of his crime. Um, I don't know if he's gonna forgive you for that, but we'll see. Right. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, he'll be okay. Um, but I wanna hear your best uh, coach or your favorite Coach Gibson saying or phrase. Okay. So, take a couple minutes, get your thoughts together, Your your favorite maybe most memorable, maybe, and he could even say it was a speech or a something like most memorable quote, I guess, from Coach Gibson. Who, who wants to go first?
3: Either Buddy or Bell Cow. That was my favorite two times from Coach Gibson. He'll come with you. Buddy! Dude, <laughs> <He was> Buddy! <laughs> or he be like, hey, he's a Bell Cow. He's a Bell Cow. Hey, I like your two things.
0: Okay, <laughs> Buddy and Bell. He must have retired those. I haven't heard him say that. Uh, yeah. It may be as much, but okay. All right. Who else? Thinking. I got, I know
1: you said, I got 3 All right. I'm going to make it quick. So, remember that time we were playing Spring Hill and we was winning? Like, this, and this is like, this, like, for people that don't know Coach Gibson, like, this shows you, like, how much, like, it's not necessarily about wins and losses, depending on how hard he coaches you. So, we're winning against Spring Hill. Like, at halftime, this is the last game of district, if I'm not mistaken, too, or oh, something yeah. like that. It was one of the last, one of the last games, huh?
3: Was it not? uh Was it junior
1: year? It was no, it was our no, year. it was y'all senior, year, bro. And we oh, like we came in the locker room like we was winning, but we wanted to beat him as we should have been. Like we get in the locker room like thinking so sweet, like we just I'm like, nah, oh, I just have the game. Like it was at the point like we started like really getting caught. Like, and like I'll never forget, like he kind of sat us down and like we getting locked. He's screaming. We was like, "So we winning." <laughs> We had to learn like it's not always about like winning. Like we were so much better than us, like we shouldn't have been playing down to the level. That's the first one. The second one, I don't remember what year it was, but the spoon fed speech. I know y'all remember that oh, one. Twenty oh, sixteen. Oh, oh, I 2016.
3: remember that one. Twenty sixteen. Y'all a bunch of spoon fed. Oh. <laughs> That's the next one.
1: It's a spoon fed one. And then the last one was was the the seventeen year. Uh, it's probably the best speech he ever gave. I'm, I'm getting I'm giving the slouch. Uh, when we was playing Gilman. And kind of like, it was so much hype, kind of going into that game. It was like Gilmore was like, for me, like that game was like, if we can beat Gilmore, we can win the state. That's what that game was for me. Um, and like he just got hyped and just talking about like kicking the like kicking the door down. He got to like kicking the door and everything. And That put me in all this mindset. Like I was, I already go to war after that. Like so that was that was that was my that's my thing. right there. All right, nice, nice.
0: Uh, yeah, because because the, the year y'all beat Gilmer, y'all had been close and kind of been, mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, to reference the speech, you've been you've been right there. Then that was the year you know you you kicked the door. Yeah. So yes. uh, I remember hearing about that game. Uh, in fact, there was a picture uh, Coach Morris had hanging up behind his desk of him tackling Coach Easterly on the sideline. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right hey. at the end of that game. So okay, um, I guess we got Zay and Cam left.
2: What you guys say? Eh? I can't think of one, fool. I can't. I know he he still say it when I see him, he say stud a lot. Yeah, uh, uh, he he say stud and then full tilt.
0: You know, you hear that every day. Yeah, about to consistently from him. But I think Cam, like, I, I think if if people were to see that, like, oh, on Twitter and stuff, and he's saying full tilt, like, they probably roll their eyes at that like, this dude, you know, like but that really is him. Like that's, and that's how he lives his life. And so that's, that's the thing. Like you could think we're like, if someone were just to kind of spend a day and they see him like, you know, maybe if he, he, he tears up addressing his players or he says full tilt and he, you know, whatever, like, but that's who he is. And that's how he coaches. That's how he lives his life. And, and uh so it's, you're, you know, it's, it's cool. You're, you're cool with it. Cause like that's, he's being genuine there. So, um, but you can still, you know, poke fun at, him at it for it. Uh, and, and, and get away with it. All right, so Zay's going to be the only one that's not going to say something, huh? Uh, I'm good. I mean, he's just a guy.
4: I just like that one, too. Uh, I also like Full Tilt for some reason because, like, even though I make fun of him a little bit when he tears up, but, like, he has passion. Like, you can't deny that. Like, when you got passion, you got passion. And uh, he taught me, just because of the Full Tilt word, he taught me, like, how to go Full Tilt, like, everything, like, every rep. Every day because you'll see him 100 times. If he runs routes, he'll run routes hard, he'll run routes <laughs> to show you how to do it hard, he'll wrestle with you hard. Like, it's nothing like he's not going to do like full tilt at all. And uh, that's why I like I like full tilt, and I like he's just a guy.
0: I like that one, it's, it's cool. Yeah, he and uh, he and coach Justin both, I think, if if they got a nickel for every time they said the word dude, he's a dude. He's a dude. And their dudes are being dudes, dudes. Yeah. Uh, that's one, that's one that I pick up on a lot. Um, well, man, guys, I, this was a, a lot of fun and, and, uh, I'm glad that that we could do this. And, um, I learned a lot from just, just hearing you guys talk and hearing you guys interact with each other. And it was really good to, like I said, you know, walk past your pictures every day and hear the stories and, um, you know, but now to to really be able to talk with you guys and 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 just see, um, you know, the thing behind what made you know uh, or what flipped things at PG, there there wasn't anything magic about it, right? Like it wasn't anything, you know, you sprinkle some dust on it and and things just happened. It also wasn't something that happened overnight. Like you guys made uh, conscientious steps and moves to get to that point, and and you know, if if you. If anybody wants to 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 follow in your footsteps, that's what you got to do and And so it was really uh, encouraging for me as a coach here as well to to hear that stuff and kind of reaffirm um, what we're trying to do with these with these current guys. and um, so I'm just so thankful that they have you guys as an example to look up to and that we can use you guys and point to you guys as examples of how to do it. and and we do uh, almost on a daily basis, kind of like TK said, uh, you know, y'all heard about Carlos a lot. Every one of those guys i have heard your guys have, have heard y'all's names repeatedly, and they're probably a little bit uh, tired of it. So hopefully, some of those guys will step up and kind of take that role, so that we can start using them as examples here in a couple of years. But um, anyway, want to uh, just wish you guys the best of luck uh, this next year, and and know that that you'll always have fans uh, here in Texarkana at Pleasant Grove, and and uh, that we're all. Proud of you and pulling for you. So thank you guys so much. Yes sir, thank you, man. We appreciate it. Can I make one
1: final statement? Yes sir. I feel like this this you know incorporates you know who we were as a team and probably so who I am. I want to make this comment now that if there that in Pleasant Grove history, I'm not going to talk about anything come you know that comes in the future. Pleasant Grove history, that 2017 team was the best Pleasant Grove team to ever walk on that
0: field. That's the only statement I have. Thank you.
4: <laughs> All right,
0: TK. Closing out with an exclamation point! Got to leave him with something. I got you. All right, appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Appreciate you too, man. I really enjoyed talking with those guys, and uh, just walked away from our conversation uh, feeling just inspired and and encouraged. So, uh, if you enjoyed what those guys had to say, then let them know. You can find them on twitter and 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 i have all their 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 twitter handles in the show notes of this episode so you can go check those out there you can also find those on our twitter feed but hey hit them up and let them know that that you enjoyed what they had to say i know that they will appreciate that make sure you're following us on twitter as well at kypd podcast and as always help us out go and give us a five-star rating and leave us a review and help us spread the word about our podcast here we are. Uh, as I mentioned last week, we're at well over now 50,000 total downloads all time. So let's keep that number rising and get all your coaching friends on board. Our quote today was referenced several times in our conversation uh, today, and it comes from the book of Galatians, chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. It says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And that's a wrap for this episode of KYPD, but we will be back next week with episode number 140 where we talk with a well-known O-line coach whose podcast greatly inspired this one. So Really excited about that. We'll be heading over to the dark side to talk some O-line play. So you do not want to miss that one. So subscribe now so you never miss an episode and join us next week. Until then, hey, have a great fourth of July. Watch where you point those Roman candles. And before we go, the guys have one more reminder for you. What you got, guys?